Hello, and welcome to Glory Be, interesting people and how they pray. Each week, we chat with interesting people about their lives, their work, and how they pray. I'm Sharon Hannish. And I'm Mike Malcolm. Our guests today are parishioners of the Church of St. Mary, Diane Arbacher and Carol Kometz. Diane grew up in central Kansas on a dairy farm and is second oldest of five children. She graduated from Fort Hayes State University with a double degree in elementary education and special education. Diane is retired after teaching school for four years, working as the office manager for her husband's medical practice for six years, and substitute teaching at the School of St. Mary for over 20 years. She has been married to George for 44 years, and they have four children and seven grandchildren. Carol grew up in Tulsa with her four siblings, attended the School of St. Mary, and graduated from Bishop Kelly High School. She graduated from the University of Oklahoma and is a, resp- is a registered respiratory therapist. Carol is retired after working as the nurse at the School of St. Mary and Bishop Kelly High School. She has been married to Andy for 41 years and they have five children and ten grandchildren. And we are so excited you all are here. <laughs> Welcome, <Wow>. guys. <laughs> what uh, what accomplished people you are. Busy, busy over the years. So we're excited you're here. How, how are things going? You know, our podcast began in the middle of a pandemic, and we're still a little bit there. You know, are you able to, like, volunteer? You're very big volunteers, both of you. Are you getting out and about? How are things going? Well, um, I volunteer at Catholic Charities, and they were shut down for a while. And then uh, we used to serve the public for the um, the people that were coming to the campus for uh, any services. Um, and uh, that has not that has not returned. Uh, the d- dental clinic, I think, is seeing people. Um, so right now, we're uh, I work in the kitchen with uh, Chef Fusco and. Um, uh, we began last year, I think about this time or maybe a little earlier, again, making lunch, but for the volunteers that are distributing the food and uh, the staff on campus. Okay, so. so you're kind of back at it. And you're also like a gardener, right? Like, so at least you've had sort of that therapy during the... <laughs> yes, a lot of that. We have two and a half acres and it takes a lot of work to keep it up. So, <laughs> Carol, you're kind of the same, right? You enjoy gardening and... Are you volunteering too? Um, I haven't really been out and about that much yet for volunteering. Um, Diane and I continued our faith formation through the shutdown and the pandemic last year by doing several studies via Zoom. And um, Andy and I have been, we have traveled a little bit to visit our kids, but um, pretty much homebodies. I mean, except for going to Mass and running essential errands and uh, we have almost seven acres so we live on a acreage also and so we never got bored there's always <laughs> always something to do out there always. yes so uh, for our listeners you know we have interviewed your daughter um, and then you also have a son who is a priest yes. and have they been home have they been able <clears throat> to come visit you or uh, yes, actually, um, both of them were able to uh, visit for a couple of weeks this summer, and it was uh, it was really wonderful to be able to have them home. And uh, my daughter, as you know from the podcast, she's uh, 
her mission is in Dallas. So we've been down a few times just for a quick visit to be able to see her. And, uh, you know, big news with my son, he's actually been assigned to be a pastor um, for several parishes in Baltimore, Maryland. And uh, that was kind of a surprise assignment. Um, And so he's actually going to be moving to the States in in a few weeks and begin that mission. Um, Yeah, we were surprised. He was surprised. But he said, you know, as a missionary, you just don't get too comfortable anywhere. (laughs) Okay, well, that probably makes you feel a little bit better. (laughs) Yes, yes, it does. (laughs) Diane, your kids, like, are they here, or do you also have to travel to see some of your kids? We have to travel to see them. We have two here, the oldest and the youngest, and then we have one in Utah and one in Seattle. So we go to travel. They have grandchildren there, so, of course, it's easier for us to go there than it is for them to come here. But we've been both. They've come home, and we've gone there. During the pandemic. Yes. Well, after the first of this year, after we had our vaccines, okay, you know, getting on an airplane, so well, a little re- little return to normalcy, I guess. So, yes, I think of you all as being very involved at St. Mary's um, as volunteers, but particularly um, in the church community. So, what is it about the church that? Why are you all so involved? Um, what What prompted you to to actually? You know, we have a lot of people who just attend Mass on Sunday, you know, so what about it? Why why be involved in your parish? Um, as a, as a, that's more of a general question, but um, I don't know if we're going to move on to our history in the faith formation, the Bible study. Uh, but, um, I mean, Diane and I, our kids grew up here at St. Mary's, and so it's just a natural flow to to be able to help and volunteer because it's our community and um, it's just how we serve um do you want me to when go you were like the- yeah well mo- before we move on because we're really interested in the bible studies and how you all right. became involved in that but when you were like young parents you know were you were you involved were you mm-hmm. did you have like yeah so uh I think my mother modeled it even though I was 16 when my mother died but before that she was a CCD teacher and um so she you know kind of modeled that I think um um I think was very much a influence and then um like Carol said uh my husband went to uh, Catholic schools all his life. I, I did not. And um, he, when our kids were born, he really wanted them to go to Catholic school. He really had to work on me on that one. <laughs> we lived in rural uh, Kansas, and um, the Catholic school wasn't in the town where he was in, in practice. And so it was 30 miles away. But we, um, we sent them there to the, because it, we felt that was important. And then when we came here, found St. Mary's and... Uh, and I guess it's kind of naturally flows out of if you have kids in the Catholic school that you, uh, at least I felt like I needed to, you know, contribute something. Uh, I was on the on the uh, home and school uh, board and and I was on the school board and uh, just, you know, helping doing things that way. And uh, just... The love of, uh, I think the biggest thing about that is that your children learn their faith uh, that way, and it's modeling it and how we want to serve others. So, How did you guys go 
to, uh, you know, volunteering in so many different ways. What funneled you down to really hone in on the adult faith formation? And how did you hook up as partners in this? Okay, uh, that's uh, the story that I was reflecting on just yeah. to, in preparation to this. It's, uh, it's uh, I truly believe it's the Holy Spirit at work. Mm-hmm. Um, just a little background, um, back in 2007... My youngest child graduated from high school, so we were going through the empty nest, Mm -hmm. and uh, it was rather difficult for me. And I I remember praying, asking God to lead me to, I was still working at the time, but just to lead me to um, a way to serve the church and uh, to do, you know, something more, because I was feeling kind of a a lacking, and... uh, And then um, in March of 2008, um, our oldest daughter was working for the Diocese of Denver as an assistant communication director, and she helped uh, to put on this big conference that they had every year. It's called Living the Catholic Faith Conference. And Andy and I would always try to go because it was very good speakers, interesting, and they had a vendor um, area. And the Augustine Institute in Denver had a a booth, and I walked by there, and they had a flyer that that they were uh, offering summer non-credit classes uh, just for lay people. And one of the classes was um, the history of salvation. And I remembered my daughter, uh, mother servant, she was a focused missionary for a couple of years, and she was would always just say the one of the best benefits of of going through that was the formation. And she once showed me this uh, booklet. This is actually her booklet, and it's about the Bible timeline. And uh, um, uh, Jeff Cavins taught her this this during her focus formation. And so I thought it looked like a similar thing. And I thought <clears throat> that sounds really interesting. And it was just like, it was put on my heart that I wanted to do that. And so um, the class was going to be in July. And so I asked several people if they would be interested in going with me to do that. Um, And for various reasons, different people uh, couldn't go. And one time I was at an event and uh, Diane was there. We were in line for a book signature and I was like, and I knew Diane, mm-hmm. but we weren't like real close friends or anything. Mm-hmm. Our girls played basketball together. And and I said, hey, Diane, uh, would you be interested in going to this class that I'd like to go to? And she just immediately said, yes. Uh, one of her sisters lives in Denver. And so uh, we just made the arrangements and we went, went to the, we drove Diane's car and we went to the class and we were just blown away at how uh, amazing it is to learn salvation history through scripture. And so all the way home, we were like, oh my gosh, we need to do this at St. Mary's. Twelve hours. Yeah. <laughs> Twelve hours. And, really, nonstop. And so we met with Monsignor Dorney, who was a pastor at the time, and he was so supportive of us. Um, and so we arranged for the the initial class is like an eight-week introduction overview of salvation history, and we were surprised that 
wouldn't it, like 45 people? I think we had 50, and they put us in the cafeteria. Mm-hmm. And Father Castle was the associate pastor at the time, and he one night walked in and looked around. It was just amazed at how many people were in there. And he goes, oh, they're really thirsting, aren't they? And I went, yes. yes. <laughs> yeah, and multiple people during that uh, class came up and said, oh, my gosh, I, I went to Catholic schools all my life, and I've never heard you know, learning about the Bible like this, they were just so excited, and and it was it was it was really fun to do that. And then, so that was in the fall, and then the uh, spring of two thousand nine, we had we uh, arranged for Dr. Tim Gray to come for a seminar, nice. a Saturday all day Saturday seminar, basically doing this Bible timeline, mm-hmm. and. Uh, I think we had over 200 at that, I think. It was, we advertised it in the diocese, uh-huh. so we had yes. people. And I, remember, I yeah. remember Father, our Monsignor, walking around the gym where we had lunch, because we served them lunch, and they had the book sales and all of that. And he goes, boy, I don't, there's some people here that aren't from the parish. And I went, oh, no, because we were, our, you know, our parish was paying for Father. For mm-hmm. Tim to come, and uh, and I said, "Oh, is that bad?" He goes, "No, that's, that's really good." Really good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, I don't want to go on and on, but anyway, so that was in March, and we decided to go to uh, see if people were interested in doing the extensive study of the mm-hmm. Bible timeline. And it's like twenty four weeks. weeks. So that's a commitment. It's a big yeah. commitment, especially. For Catholics, yes, yes. <laughs> well, and, and for so, you too. Yeah, I mean, you've yeah. got to prepare it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, and it started. I was looking back on my records. It started in June, mm-hmm. which isn't typically a time where you know you start classes. Yeah, that's and hard. And we had over a hundred people yeah, that's sign great. up, and we were just blown away. Yeah. And uh, a good percentage of it went through the whole thing. 65. 65. And um, and then just basically ever since then, we've um, had, we did two two more of the real long, there mm-hmm. was one on uh, the book of Matthew and then one on Acts. And uh, a lot of the same people continued because they were just, in, it was just getting so much out of it. And then pretty much ever since then, we've done multiple different Bible studies, and uh, we've done some studies uh, presented by Father Barron. And uh, Father Pavanka. And, uh, yes, with him. And uh, so it just, we're just kind of in that mode now to where we try to find something to offer and help with the catechesis for adults, uh, one in the fall, one in the spring. You two have a really good reputation. People see, oh, it, it's Diane and Carol, so it must be good. Diane, how do you pick the materials? I mean, you, you came into the Jeff Cavins at right. the, the conference in Denver. Well, we really, um, because we the way we started out, and I think attracted people at first, was like, uh, are you Catholic? Have you read the Bible? If you know, and people, I think some people came like, no, well, I'm am Catholic, and I don't, you know, read the yeah. Bible. So we did. Uh, we have done, I think, all but maybe one of Ascension Press's Bible studies, which are different books of the Bible, um, and just learning more about, um, you know, salvation history, Christ, and um, you know, His plan for us. And um, and then there's been, uh, of course, there's so m- many materials out there, and the Augustine Institute. 
you know, our church has the form.org subscription and there's lots of things on that. And, um, we, um, how did, I don't remember how we got the wild goose series with all the Father Pavanka and his metanoia, and both of those are really, really good, you know, the Holy Spirit. Um, I think just looking at what do you think people are thirsting for, mm-hmm. uh, how they can grow in their faith. Um, so um, we just look at a lot of different things to see what's out there. I'll make sure we put links to all those in the show notes so okay. that people can click and, and okay. learn a little bit more about that. So personally for you, how has that enriched your prayer life? Knowing more about the Bible than, say, the average person, has that changed the way that you pray? I would, I would say one of the amazing things uh, going through, especially the Bible timeline, is that uh, the Mass just comes alive. Because when you, um, the Liturgy of the Word with the readings, it's like you can put yourself in there and things just come back to you that you've learned as far as interpretations. And, um, I mean, I think that is just, was just huge for me. I think the other thing is that, uh, it really, um, stretches you and you're not just praying, you know, Lord, I need this or, you know, or whatever, but really thinking about, uh, how Christ served the, you know, the world. And so, praying for you know other people and you know needs and then I think hopefully then that spurs people into action I think you know I, I would hope that as the people take our classes or not I shouldn't say our classes but the classes that are offered that it will you know put in their heart that not only are we supposed to know about Jesus we're supposed to also act and serve like Jesus did so hopefully that's what people get out of that like oh I really need to be doing something, you know. Mm-hmm. So. so, knowledge leads to prayer. Prayer, prayer leads to, to action mm-hmm. and to really changing the world. Well, that's fantastic. So. You know, I want to echo what Mike said because I do think um, the people who lead the studies it does impact how well it's presented, and that is your reputation. You know, when when people know that you all are leading. Um, or facilitating a study they're just I think they trust your selection like Mike was mentioning how do you select but um, they know they're going to get something out of it they know I I don't know you know I I just know that that is your reputation so uh, St. Mary's is certainly grateful for your willingness to to teach and I, I wanted to say that though I feel like we're we don't really teach per se that we pick materials that uh have a respected um you know, that's in accordance with the church teaching, and that's the beauty of some of these video series. Um, and I do think we give kind of a, we do have a personal, um, almost like relationship with some of these people that take these classes, and that we just have history there. But mm-hmm. there's always new people, and and one of the big challenges is that, you know, we really would like, you know, like new uh, groups of people to start out with the Bible timeline series because it's just such a core basic we think for Bible study. Can you access the Bible timeline like on formed or, or no. it has to be a study done in a parish? It's it's yeah. an Ascension Press program and um, 
And we actually have a whole library of all of those, all those that we've done because we've bought all the DVDs. And if anybody in the parish wants to come check them out through Father, or not Father, um, Deacon Bender, he has them all, and um, and start a small faith group to, if they want to start and, you know, do that, they're most certainly welcome um, to do that. I think there's even workbooks for most of them, but if, uh, I know that some of them in a, have been updated um, and... Um, uh, we do have the newest version of the Quick Journey. It's called. It Walking has a different. With God. No, that was a different one. Oh. It's a, an unlocking the mystery of the Bible or something like that. Okay. I think it's the name of it now. And um, so they're welcome to um, well, do great. that. Now to, tell me, what are you um, doing this? Like, so we're, you're you all are kicking off a study like next week, right? right? On, on Tuesday, we're doing the case for Jesus. Um, it's offered. Um, through the Augustine Institute's Lexio series, um, Brant Petrie is uh, facilitating that. It's uh, based on his book, uh, The Case for Jesus. Um, and uh, he's also the author of uh, books recommended by Father Jack, um, uh, Jesus and the Jewish Roots of the Eucharist, Jesus and the Jewish Roots of Mary. Um, so anyway, um, that's what we'll be doing, or we'll be streaming it from um, the okay. from the the uh, form.org and um but it's um uh even though you can watch it on on formed um we it's a group and it has a um, workbook and um you can do Lexio with it. And um, so we'll watch the video, how there's discussion questions. And um, I think that's the great part about um, the, our, our studies is that we do have the, the discussion and the sharing of, you know, people's faith. And, you know, there's aha moments and what mm-hmm. somebody else, you know, may say. And uh, just, you know, knowing that there are other people that, that have such strong faith and, we can all walk together that way. So, so that's a piece of your studies, some small group discussion where people share. I, I do yes. think that's so important because you can recognize uh, when you hear somebody else share about what their experience is, then you, I don't know. It just enables you to better get in touch with, with your own experience. We, we have a little bit of time left. We talked a little bit about prayer, but um, I want to make sure before we, we close out our podcast, uh, I know that both of you are women of prayer. I mean, it's obvious in the way you live your lives and uh, and, and lead these studies. And so tell me, uh, Carol, you can go first. What what does a, a day in the life of prayer look I know both of you attend daily mass. I mean, I know you have a strong relationship with God. But what do you do to strengthen that relationship? What what does a, a, your prayer look like? Um, I have to say that the, the most important... Part of my day is attending Mass, and I just feel like that it, I've always heard it's the the most beautiful and most important prayer of the church, and so I um, strive to to have the desire and the, to be able to um, understand what God is asking of me during Mass, and that's that's the core of my prayer life every day and um, I do also like to to pray the divine mercy chaplet I think that's a beautiful chair uh, prayer and I also love to pray the rosary um, I I don't say that I pray it every day but I do really believe it's it's a powerful powerful prayer 
and um, I do I do love it. That's beautiful. How about you, Diane? What does a, uh, a day in the life of Diane's prayer look like? <laughs> Mass in the morning, and we had one of the kids ask me once, "Why do you go to church every day?" And I'm like, "What a better way to start your day, you know?" And uh, to we do say the Divine Mercy Chapel at af- at the end of Mass. Um, I try to say the Rosary every day, um, and I try to do it very intentionally. I found instead of just saying the Hail Mary, I pray for every member of my family and George's family, um, and or if there are people that have asked me to pray for them, um, each of them are a bead, you know, on there, and then that way I'm not just repeating you know the prayer over and over each time I think about them as I say that Hail Mary and um, my husband and I when we got married um, he the when we he said do you want to pray before we go to bed and I was like oh (laughs) okay and so we knelt down by the bed and we have done that every I mean if we're both there um, uh, every night and we did it with our kids um they all knew that we said prayers um, before whatever was on their heart mm-hmm. <laughs> before we went to bed at night. And um, I do do an hour of adoration, which I absolutely love um, that time. And I know we're just supposed to sit there and look at God and God look at me. But I, I found once when I was in the chapel um, uh, a book. It was called Everyone's uh, Stations of the Cross and by Clarence Insler <laughs> and uh, our you know, mission person, she said, you know, say the rosary, do the stations across, whatever. I, I like saying, uh, doing it. I've been doing it in, while I'm at adoration and just looking at each of the stations. It's very practical and applied to your life about thinking about, uh, you know, things. And, and uh, so I, I like doing that. So, Do you have a favorite book of the Bible? James. Yeah, <laughs> why? Was, uh, very, again, very practical. He, yeah. you know, he tells you, um, it, it's just, you know, the, when we did that one, the pearls, do you remember they were the, the pearls and, uh, and just set out how you're, uh, to live your life. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, that's my favorite. <laughs> I was going to say also, we both are in a small faith um, group yeah. of, of other women. Um, we, we, have a name to it. It's called Cor Unum, which yeah. means of one heart. Mm. And part of our um, group, every time we meet, is uh, intercessory prayer. Mm-hmm. And so that that has actually been really beautiful. And we do uh, we pick someone that we know that really needs prayers, and on a on a, the Wednesday of each week, we all say a rosary for that special intention. Mm. So. so you pray a lot. Has there ever been a time in your life when it was difficult to pray? Oh, every day. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. You know, especially sometimes when you get to the end of the day and, you know, you're just, it's been like maybe a crazy day and you're just tired and you're going, oh, I haven't said my rosary yet. And going like, okay, I'm going to start it. (laughs) I fall asleep. Monsignor always likes to say, yeah, I like to let the angels finish my rosary for me. (laughs) So I'm like, okay, Lord, you know, if I can't finish, I'm just really tired. <laughs> um, the one time of life for me that was probably the most difficult to pray, and I'm somewhat embarrassed to say this, but it was when my daughter entered the convent. Mm-hmm. Um, I, um, of course, now I would never, I just, it's just a beautiful, beautiful uh, thing to ha- be able to have a daughter that's an 
dedicated to Christ in that way. But I just, I really struggled and went through a time where I was, um, I wouldn't say angry, but I just had this sense of loss. And I mean, I never prayed that she would not continue, but it was just really difficult for me during that time. Uh, But uh, now it's just so beautiful and I never would have wanted it any other way. Mm. That's great. That's, I love your honesty, you know. Because <laughs> my mother-in-law, I think she, well, I have a sister-in-law, who, two sister-in-law who, who are nuns, and I think she felt the same way, you know, initially. Like, yeah, but turning to God and trying to trust, you know, um, I, I like that. So we're about to wrap up our podcast, but um, before we end, we always ask people, you know, if you could ask all our listeners to pray for one intention, what would that be? And I, I do you each have one? Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah, great. great. No, that's yeah. what I was hoping, okay. but I didn't want to put you on the spot. <laughs> uh, we thought we were going to just do one, but um, mine would be, I think, that all people's hearts would be moved to love and serve their neighbor as Christ did. So. And mine... Um, just thinking about this is just uh, in relation to our catechesis is just for all those who teach the faith, um, especially to children, uh, both catechists and just parents, that they would learn and know how the scriptures reveal the beauty of salvation and uh, salvation history, and to thereby know that life has meaning and that everybody has a purpose. I think that was one thing that in the Bible studies at the beginning, it just, and we see even more now how so many people in their 20s or young adulthood just feel like they don't have any meaning or purpose in their life. And that would be beautiful if people could uh, be able to see that. Mm-hmm. That's great. Both of those are great. Well, let's pray for those intentions. Would you lead us in a glory be? Sure. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Thank you all. Glory Be is a production of the Office of Communications at the Church of St. Mary in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I'm your producer, Mike Malcolm. See you next time. Whoops, and that's it.